Thanks for joining us at the Business Growth Cafe, where each week we select from a menu of topics for a focused discussion with an industry expert to provide insights that can impact your business's growth with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Hi, I'm Angelo Ponzi, your host here at the Business Growth Cafe, and thank you for joining us. I want my lawyer. It's a phrase we've heard hundreds of times on television especially in those cop, those law and order kinds of shows. But in business, it's not necessarily a phrase we use all the time. We're not sitting in a business meeting, speaking with our client and blurt out, I want my lawyer, or I'm not talking until my lawyer gets here, damn it. Yet, it does happen. In business, we need lawyers for a lot of different reasons, contract, forming business entities, lawsuits, employee issues, on and on and on and on. So I want my lawyer, or rather, I want Mayar Gassemian, founder and president of Gassemian Law Group, in court with me today, or rather at the cafe to discuss business law. Hang in there. We'll be right back after this quick break. My company, The Ponzi Group, provides consulting, interim, and fractional marketing and leadership services with a focus on the strategic and analytical side of marketing. We take a holistic approach to driving business growth. Consider us your marketing architects. We use research to gather the necessary insights from your customers, prospects, the competition, and the marketplace to develop fact-based approaches to building effective and efficient growth plans. And, much like a general contractor, we partner with internal teams or carefully selected vetted individuals and organizations to execute the strategies and plans as well as provide oversight and management to ensure we stay on brand and plan. To learn more about our services, visit theponzigroup.com. As I mentioned, I have Mayar Gassemian, founder and president of Gassemian Law Group with me today to discuss a wide variety of topics when it comes to business law, and maybe just a few of those might resonate and keep you out of hot water. Mayar, welcome. Hi, uh, Angelo. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. And, and thank you for taking time today. I think this is a great topic. It's actually not one I've had before. So really looking at business law in, in the broader sense, I think it's going to be really uh, informative and interesting for my guests. But to um, kind of put things in, in perspective for the listeners out there, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about who you are in, in your business so we have an understanding and a platform um, so they have context when we continue this conversation. Okay. So my name is Mayar. Last name is Gesemian. Two hard names. So I tell everybody you can just call me Mayar. Um, my firm is Gesemian Law Group, which I started uh, 10 years ago in October of 2010. Uh, <clears throat> I've been an attorney for uh, 20 years. Uh, I have uh, um, been in various areas of business and construction litigation, as well as we do a lot of preventative work. Um, I've been with larger size firms, and finally in 2010, I decided it was time to, to start my own practice. We have a boutique practice, um, we have um, a few attorneys helping me and some staff. Uh, let's see what else. I have in a past life, I have a master's in physics and I was um, teaching at Cal State Long Beach for about a year after I graduated. 
and then uh, sort of got into uh, business and corporate uh, structures and then ended up in law school. And then after that, it was a natural choice to have business and construction as my primary areas of focus. Okay. Now physics to, uh, to law, that's, there's a stretch. <laughs> yes. I always say uh, the reason is that an idealist became a realist. I love that. I, I, love that. I uh, always loved physics. As a five-year-old, I wanted to uh, go to the moon and uh, uh, later on liked uh, the subject and uh, studied it. And then at some point when you go into um, the, the actual practice and, and job market, that's when I uh, decided that I was going to look at different options. And um, law school was suggested to me uh, through some professional contacts who were attorneys. They were saying that I would do well and I gave it a try with a two-month course during a summer, and I enjoyed it so much. Uh, it kind of brought together the analytical abilities of a scientist with the language skills that I had worked hard on, and it was a it was a perfect match. I loved law school, even though I started it when I had two kids, a four-year-old and a seven-year-old, um, but it was uh, a great experience, and uh, I like my work every day. Well, that's the important thing, right? If they say you uh, enjoy what you do, you're not really working. Um, uh, and, I, and, and not that I want to go there, but I do love Long Beach State. I, my youngest son went there and uh, graduated there in business, and, and it's a great school. I got to know it really well, and... Um, so let's talk a little bit about your business in the sense, not about what you do, but about how you grow your firm. So my first question then is in growing your business over the last 10 years and, and, and more so today, given this pandemic and all the stuff that we're dealing with, what keeps you up at night when you think about growing your business? I started uh, with my business really not knowing much about how to get business. I knew I had had it with my former partners and I wanted to leave and I left. And um, I had one litigation matter that I took with me and started working on it on my dining room table the next day. At the time, it seemed ridiculous. Now a lot of people are working on their dining room tables. Exactly. And the pandemic, yes. Um, and so I reached out to different uh, contacts that I had. And the reason I'm saying I didn't know how to grow a business was that when you're part of a larger firm structure, uh, and we did a lot of uh, work in the insurance defense area where insurance companies hire the firm to represent the business. And uh, so it's a different type of marketing. A lot of times uh, the firm has already developed a clientele, they're on the panel of insurance um, companies, and so cases come through there. When you start your own, uh, at first, solo practice, 
the uh, idea of how do I get cases was quite daunting. So I started networking and I literally didn't know how to network. I asked people and I took uh, as many um, courses as I could find and I talked to as many people as I could. Joined um, Laguna Niguel Chamber of Commerce, uh, which I live in Laguna Niguel and my office is in uh, Mission Viejo, and I started developing some contacts um, and then into networking groups and then finally uh, two provisors. Orange County Bar Association um, was also a group that I joined and um, I ended up uh, becoming the chairperson in 2015. I spent a year as the chairperson of the Orange County Bar Association, the small firm section of it. So, so really and it's I, about, uh, not to interrupt, it's really about networking. I mean, you've grown your business purely by networking. Almost 100% okay. networking. Uh, hardly any cases have I had through that come through the internet. But it's all about building relationships. Right. And, and that's it, it, and I do a lot of that as well. I mean, a lot of what I do is networking and you and I belong to to this providers group as well. And part of it is about the relationship. So you said that word and it's it's not even networking in a sense. It's it's use networking to, for an introduction. Then after that, it's about building relationships and 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 having a kind of a two way back and forth where we get to know each other. We get to have a better understanding of, of what we can all offer. And then, you know, being top of mind, right? We're building awareness. It's, it's awareness of what we do. And so when someone says, Hey, I know a construction company that, that, that needs a lawyer, you come to top of mind. Right. And that's, and, and I think that's the value of, of the networking part of this. But one of the other questions is I've always found it interesting. I, I, I was talking to a law firm. This was like four years ago. And a designer brought me in and they needed some messaging and positioning work. But in the meeting, the, the, the owner of the law firm, the, the head partner, I guess you guys call it, said to me, we don't need branding. We don't we don't have to brand. We don't care what people think because it's about our partners. It's about the, the lawyers that we have. Those are our new business. They come and go. And, and it just it, it boggled my mind. I actually went back to my office and I wrote an article. And I think it's called uh, We Don't Need Branding. I want to say we don't need no stinking matches, you know, that old saying. But we don't need branding. And I wrote it and I didn't name them in the article, but I did talk about this law firm. And so I find it curious in in how law firms position themselves and differentiate themselves from others. And, and that might be, you know, in the, in the sweet spot of construction, for example, for you. I have a friend who's a, a divorce attorney, really well known. And so that family law, now he diversifies. So how do you differentiate your business from, you know, like me in marketing, uh, hundreds of other marketers out there? Right. How do you differentiate? You know, I have a technical background, so that comes in very handy with construction. Um, we pride ourselves on um making sure that we have the right combination of the technical expertise as well as um, client-centric uh, uh, practice. And um, the technical expertise is supported by the 
by the technical background, uh, the being able to uh, deliver proper legal products and services. But it goes a lot further than that. Um, in my first interview with every new client, I tell them, my job is to protect you. And it, it, they usually come to us uh, after they've been sued. Mm -hmm. We get a few clients that come to us for preventative measures, but usually it's after they've been sued. And they're in a stressful situation. And what we tell them each and every time is that, hey, now you have us. Now, just leave the worrying about the lawsuit to us and go concentrate on your practice. But I think what um, the lawyer had told you is a little bit typical of larger law firms where it's either the name of the firm the very established clientele that have been around uh, for a long time, mostly institutional clientele, that give a different impression uh, that, oh, well, you know, clients are going to come through the door. Whereas with us, with smaller practices, we know that we have to brand ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have to allow the world to know what makes us different and constantly nurture the clients. Yeah, okay. You, you mentioned something was actually on my list of, of curiosities, and that is, and, and just like marketing in the sense that a lot of times when people come to me, and it sounds like come to you, it's is they're already in trouble, right? Something went wrong. And so there's that reactive versus proactive. And, and I really think that that's, it, it's switching that in getting business to understand if they're proactive in their thinking, you know, have have you, for example, there that you're already nurturing and and and, and monitoring and, and ultimately trying to mitigate potential risk versus it happened and now we need to scramble. So so part of that is how do you I mean, well again, people are coming to you because they they're they're in a situation, but when you work with clients do you, like a doctor, I mean, do you have regular checkups? And so they understand that let's evaluate your contracts. Let's do this. Let's do that. Is that part of your, your strategy? Yes. Um, we do a lot of preventative work. Uh, and with that, uh, we tell the clients, look, once you're our client, we put you on our calendar system, which is very important to us as litigators, we, our calendar is the most important thing because you have to abide by court uh, deadlines. But we put them on our calendar system in terms of if it's a corporation, if they have filings for the Secretary of State, and people forget about these things. We put it on our calendar so we uh, inform them a couple weeks before and tell them, hey, this is time to do this and that. And then we, we call them up every once in a while and we do a checkup. We send a questionnaire to them every year uh, about their corporations, their LLCs, you know, mm -hmm. what's going on, what has been happening to see if we can diagnose the problems and um, beforehand, before they happen. That is one thing that I encourage more and more people to do. Um, but there is also that 
whole notion that, hey, lawyers are expensive and we don't want to get close to them because people, a lot of times, the general public doesn't realize uh, the value that expert advice brings to their life. It's a lot of times it's, in my opinion, people don't think about lawyers until you need a lawyer, right? I, I, it, it, I, in my opening, you know, I talk about, you know, I want my lawyer. It's, <laughs> it's usually that reactive situation that is, is holy cow, I've got a, I've got a problem. I need to get somebody. And then it becomes if you're not investing, and and I'm encourage you listeners out there to really spend the time and and get your list together, if you will, and kind of pre-vet. Uh, your your potential lawyers in your different places because when you do need them, the last thing you want to be doing is deciding who you're going to identify, and now you've got another entire process, and that's when you end up making making mistakes. One of the things I, I noticed on your uh, your website, you talk and, and and you specialize in construction, but you also have general business, you have personal injury, you act as general counsel. So there's a, a wide variety of services, if you will, and, and potential vertical markets that you focus on. Maybe construction is your key one. But where do you spend your time? How do you how do you from a, a business standpoint, where do you spend your time and your team's time on a on a regular day? What's a typical day look <coughs> like for you? Well, let me let me that was like three questions. Let me <laughs> answer the first one. Uh, in terms of the, the breadth of our practice. Uh, the concentration is business and construction. Why? Because we represent construction companies for the most part, and construction companies are all businesses, and they have business issues. At times, their business issues are particular to construction field uh, because of the way it works in the, in the construction arena. So those two um, areas of practice are very much complementary. Um, and then the general counsel is the preventative side of the business. We come in. Personal injury, uh, construction site accidents um, were something that I've always dealt with from day one because we represent large construction companies and they always have accidents and it's not always work workman's comp, it could be from somewhere else. So uh, personal injury kind of evolved with that. Uh, I've sort of been getting away from it, and that's why we don't have it on the website uh, anymore. And we only sometimes when clients, you know, they're friends and family, we help them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, with that in mind, um, what do we spend our days on? The majority of our cases are litigation matters. Right now, I'm dealing with, for example, I think stories are good usually. That's, uh, my, and, next, that's my next thing. Tell me some oh, stories. Okay. So so a client that uh, in the construction arena, we were actually doing preventative work, work for them. It was a referral from someone I knew from a construction association, and we st- come. That they started a company, we started working with them, setting up of the company, getting it all straight, drafting contracts they needed, uh, subcontracts and general contracts all within the construction arena, helping them get their license moved to the new company because these are people that came from another company. Okay, so we're working through this from it started around end of January of 2019 and about two months we're working with this. 
early April, they got hit by a lawsuit, very heavy duty lawsuit in federal court by the former employers. Because my major client was a highly paid executive of this one international company and he left to start his own practice and people came with him right so now that old company is suing them for a variety of different business matters and then my client is aggrieved aggrieved because he was not paid his bonus to the tune of about $130,000 we were already on on the case we were served and immediately we got into this protracted litigation for which we're going to a settlement conference um, in two weeks and I was just finishing up the statement for that. So so that's one kind of case. Um, another one came to me during COVID, this one contractor that specializes in hospital remodeling and hospital retrofitting, uh, very busy. Uh, they had a $2.1 million contract uh, a couple years ago, work had finished last year, and a hun uh, close to a million, nine hundred some thousand dollars is left, and nobody wants to pay them. So they come to us. We do some pre-litigation work, and when it doesn't work, he tells me, "Go get them." So we file lawsuit, and we're in a lawsuit with that. Right now, the other things that I have on my file are on my desk are. Um, helping another company with looking at the various types of um, LLCs and corporations they have and their, their intermingling of them to see how we can keep them from becoming, uh, you know, liable for another, another entity's uh, work. So those are some of the things that keep us busy during the day. Okay. I do a lot of networking too. That's a big part of it as well. Yeah, it takes up uh, and, and and I again we're in a, a similar groups or, or or this provisors and I would say it's it's a good four or five hours six hours a week minimum and and just networking in that particular group alone. Last week I, I actually uh, you know we have these troikas which are kind of smaller get-togethers after the bigger meetings. I had five of them in one day last week and oh wow it, it was crazy. I don't know how that happened. I mean, thinking about from a proactive standpoint and, and kind of heightening the, the awareness of, of really business in general, that where, where companies get themselves in trouble. I mean, is it really typically the employees? Is it is it contracts? You know, their contracts aren't aren't well, they're not good <laughs> uh, partner disputes. I mean, where do you where do you find that businesses tend to typically kind of those landmines they need to watch out for? Smaller businesses who don't have a relationship with an attorney these days go online and think they can do stuff themselves. So uh, my uh, joke is you will not perform surgery on yourself. Why do you think you can do legal surgery? Uh, just because uh, there are contracts available online, just because uh, LegalZoom would do a corporation for you for, I don't know, two, three hundred bucks doesn't mean that's that's the same as someone customizing it to your needs and making sure you're completely protected. So I've seen a lot of legal Zoom stuff that comes and hits our desk and they're disaster because it's a one size fit all. Go to Walmart and buy something for your wedding. That's the kind of analogy I would give you, you uh -huh. know. Um, that's one of the issues. Contracts, everybody thinks just because they can read a contract, they can draft a contract. 
they do not understand the legal significance of provisions and contracts, some of which that could be absolutely disastrous. There are indemnity provisions where you are meant to transfer the risk for something that someone else did away from yourself. If you, you don't know what you're doing, you get stuck with it. Um, so it's that, the contracts, lack of proper insurance. Uh, I'm not an insurance broker, but I advise my clients, you got to have the right insurance because business insurance a lot of times can be um, quite lacking and they get into trouble when they're sued and they can't pay them for themselves. So, so those are some of the areas. Larger companies, um, the problem is this. Either, um, and larger, I'm not saying too large, somewhere between uh, 10 and 12 million is when they're growing really fast. They've got a contract administrator in the office who takes a look at the contract and all they see is the price and the scope of work and they think the rest of it is okay. Uh, I would recommend a proper review of a contract, even for our clients that do public works projects. I have a lot of clients now involved in the Ram Stadium that's almost done. Mm -hmm. um, and for them, they have no ability to negotiate the big contract that comes from the, you know, uh, really big uh, company. However, if we review them and tell them these are the landmines, this provision can get you into trouble if you don't do it. An example is a payment provision that says if you do not put in your pay application uh, five days after you finish a portion of a job, you won't get paid until the next pay period. That could be disastrous for companies, for construction companies that have to pay thousands and thousands for mm -hmm. employees, et cetera. If they can't get paid for another 90 days, they could lose their shirt. Yeah, and I think you know that's a really valid point that, that you've been making is, and, and frankly, I fall, have fallen guilty to this myself, is I, 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 I read contracts all the time and I think I understand them, but but sometimes I make tweaks to them. And as a matter of fact, I, I have somebody sent me an independent sales agreement over here today and uh, they go sign it. And I'm looking at it thinking, there's like no way you took this thing off the internet. There's I, there's no way I'm signing this thing. And I think that's really important. It, it I, I, I go back to this health checkup. I talk about the health of your brand all the time. And I talk about, you know, how often do you go to the doctors for a checkup? What do you, you know, your 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 equipment that you have serviced, you get checkups. And yet a lot of times in businesses, we don't do checkups. We don't we don't check up our brands. We don't check up our contracts, which really could be devastating, especially for a business that might want to sell. I mean, that's one of the areas that people look at is what kind of relationships you have, what kind of contractuals that you have with your your customers and also with your vendors. So, I mean, that's a lot of areas that really for me. In an ideal world, you would have, a, you know, you on the P&L statement, right? Your your expenses are, I have my my legal team and here's my legal expenses for the year. I mean, yes. I, I, you know, what people don't realize is, is the old adage that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, they can pay an attorney a few thousand for a proper contract or if they get into a lawsuit, they could 
possibly be liable for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they don't realize that because, hey, I've been doing the same business for 20 years and I haven't been sued. Well, guess what? Especially in construction, it's a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to get sued. So, mm -hmm. yes, the larger uh, clients that we have have an item um, set out. They have a legal budget. They understand they've got to come to us. Sooner or later, they'd rather spend less time with us at the beginning than a year and a half later in litigation. Well, I, and I talk about that all the time in marketing. It's you invest up front to make sure that your your money and your and the dollars you're spending are more efficient and effective versus you've already spent all that money and find out it didn't work. And so, you, you know, pay me now, pay me later kind of thing. Correct. What... Um, what do you find, the, I'll call it resistance or barriers, that when someone comes to you and they say, you know, I want to work with you, but, you know, what obstacles that are real or perceived in their mind to working with a legal firm? If they have come from a trusted referral source um, and, and they are used to work with experts, they used to work with expert accountants, expert, um, I don't know, experts in their fields. Mm -hmm. um, it, the resistance is a lot lower. Um, when people come and they're not used to uh, legal services, uh, sometimes it's the cost. They, see, they seem to think what we charge is outrageous. What they don't see is the value we bring. Absolutely. And what's important is, hey, is your reputation, is your time worth the money to spend to preserve? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times it's through a reputation too. It's a business, but if the business has been sued too many times, their reputation goes down the drain. Is it worth it for you to spend the money? Attorneys... I always, I heard this from, from a, a colleague and I use this, says good attorneys are not cheap and cheap attorneys are not good. Okay. Um, you have to see what you get. Now, um, the experience that we have in our field, the types of cases we've dealt with, allow us the breadth of knowledge to properly diagnose a problem and then treat it like a doctor. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's what people have to realize as far as the, the price is concerned. Um, and sometimes um, they just think they don't really, they can deal with this themselves, you know, and it happens um, usually with smaller clients and I can do it myself. And they literally write themselves out of thousands of dollars. And I think that one of the, the areas that you had mentioned, and I, I am a huge believer and I and I talk about this all the time is about the value part right someone looks at your price and they say well it's really expensive and I and I look at that it's it's about it's not about the price it's about the value that you get and and I and somebody asked me the other day you know for for your project fee which is we what we were talking about they said you know what value do you bring and I said I bring me that's the value you're getting 30 plus years the, you know, my agency experience, my client side experience, my consulting experience and, the, and, you know, working on from startups with no money to, you know, global companies with millions in their budgets. That's what you're getting. And it's not it's not about the 
you know, so in that hour, that fee and that, that hourly fee, there's packed of a lot of information, a lot of knowledge. And that's why those fees are what they are. And, you know, to try to get around that rationale that it's not shouldn't just be based on price. I mean, I, I yeah, that's I mean, that's so true. That's so true. And I think once they realize what it's worth for them uh, in terms of, again, their uh, time, their reputation. Uh, so is it worth for, I'll give you a divorce attorney's um, example, because it's easier for, for the majority of the public. Is it worth to spend $20,000 on a good one so you get the result you want, or you want to spend less and you get a much lower degree of service and um, will be able to, to get the result you really want. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a great point, a good point. So here's my last question. What inspires you every day? What, what, when you get out of bed, what inspires you? I honestly get a kick of helping my clients. I was in my office last night till about 8.30 p.m. and I started my day in the office at 7 a.m. But I had this thing that has to be filed and my assistant is working on, uh, you know, final, uh, making it look pretty and what have you right now. And I uh, came in very early in the morning and all I could think of was how best to drive my client's side home, the point home, you know, drive it home. And when I, when I, get people and you get this more in smaller firms as opposed to larger firms. I get people that call me up and say, thank you because you took this big stress off of me. And it, it's really helps me feel that I'm contributing, you know, being able to actually take that stress off of people and um, feel like you're contributing in some way. Um, a lot of the clients that I work with, even the ones that have 200, $300 million companies uh, are usually family owned, usually second, third generation or people that are really invested in their business. Mm -hmm. So as one of my colleagues was saying, my clients don't authorize someone to pay. They make the payment themselves for whatever. So they become very much personally invested. And to be able to feel like you're protecting them properly, to build this wall around them, and you tell them, hey, look, I'm here, don't worry. That makes, that just makes my day. All right. Well, makes me happy. And if people can see you right now, you got a big smile on your face. <laughs> I love it. That makes me really happy. Well, that's great. Hey, this has been, I, I thank you for your time. This has been really interesting. Like I said, you're, you're my first business lawyer and I've done over 110 shows now. And, um, you know, it's just one of those mysteries. I've, I've, I've worked with different lawyers over the years. And I, again, I, I played a lawyer on TV, so to speak. Right. I've so I've done some of my own stuff, which could be good <laughs> or bad. I, I hasn't been tested yet, so I don't know. 
So, Maiar, why don't you tell uh, the listeners how they can contact you, your website, your LinkedIn, all that good stuff on how they can reach out. Okay, so my law firm is called Gutsemian Law Group. So it's uh, short for that is GLG. And yeah, my name is Gutsemian at glgattorneys.com. But the easiest one would be occonstructionattorneys.com, occonstructionattorneys.com. Maya Gesemian at LinkedIn and everywhere else. Be happy to um, talk to anybody who has questions and look at our website, again, occonstructionattorneys.com. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Thank, and thank you. you for listening out there in the cafe today. Keep in mind, if your business needs a CMO or senior level marketing executive, but you're not quite ready for a full-time person yet, Connect with me to find out more about my fractional interim or consulting services. Visit theponzigroup.com. And on my site, you've got blogs and videos and ebooks and all sorts of good stuff. And certainly connect with me on LinkedIn. And lastly, if you're a, subs a subscriber to this show, thank you very much. And if you are, please let others know so they can subscribe as well, so they can benefit from this great content like we heard today with my R. You can go to the businessgrowthcafe.com or subscribe on any podcast platform you like to listen to. And don't forget to join me next week at the Business Growth Cafe in my art. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to today's discussion at the Business Growth Cafe with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at www.businessgrowthcafe.com. Read Angelo Ponzi's blogs at www.theponzigroup.com.